Are you an athlete who has big aspirations but struggling to keep an intense and persistent workout routine? Well, look no further. TurfWorkout.com brings the intensity that is designed for increasing footwork, explosivity, transitional running, strength, speed, and core all to you virtually. Designed by Dale Greenwald, CSCS strength and conditioning specialist who has trained athletes at the pro, college, and high school levels, TurfWorkout.com brings you weekly workout plans sent each week to guide athletes at all levels with each video being demonstrated by a Division One athlete. For the low price of $20, you can start your first workout with Turf and for an additional $10, receive weekly workouts designed by Coach Greenwald himself. So, if you're an athlete in need of a consistent and intense workout to improve your game during these difficult times, you must check out TurfWorkout.com. All right, what's going on, everybody? Back at you with another episode of Quarantine Football. Like always, I'm your co-host, Ryan, with you guys today. And we got our splendid, amazing, great co-host, my great friend, Nate. What's going on, man? How, how's your day been so far? My day's been great, man. Uh, glad to be uh, back making episodes, you know. Uh, always good to have some football talk in the middle of the day. Uh, went on a nice bike ride earlier. I finally can uh, break quarantine. I uh, I tested negative for coronavirus. That's some big news. You know, I've been up and about uh, out of my room. So that's certainly been nice. And it's been a good day today. Yeah, I mean, you know, glad to hear that uh, you don't have a uh, coronavirus. That's always a uh, good, good news, you know, in this uh, in this time period. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, those bike rides, if, if I had a bike, I'd be uh, going on rides a lot more. But unfortunately, right now I don't. Uh, but I go on walks. I drive around sometimes when I'm bored. Uh, but that that's really it. I mean, for me, not much happening today. Just a lot of uh, relaxing. Uh, just watching some Netflix, watching The Office. Uh, that's really that's really it for me. But uh, today, for our uh, NFL discussion topic of the show, we are uh, doing a uh, redraft of the top fifteen from the class of or the draft class of twenty fifteen. And uh, in my opinion, yeah, 2014, 2014. 20, oh, 2014, my fault, my fault. Yeah, in my opinion, uh, the class of 2014 from uh, the, yeah, the draft class of 2014, this is a this is a top three uh, NFL draft class of all time. I think uh, there's just so many, so many talented players. I, I really struggled, uh, you know, where to where to place guys in the top 15, which guy that I had to leave out. Uh, Nate, I don't know if you uh, if you agree with uh, with my statement, but I think this uh, you know this wide receiver class is one of the greatest of all time, and there's just there's just some stellar players in this class. Yeah, I mean it's a really good class. I don't know about top three. I think that it would definitely need more top tier QB talent. Uh, that was really lacking in this draft. I mean the top QBs were Teddy Bridgewater, Derek Carr, Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles, I mean, baby. Yeah, it just uh, it was not a great draft for quarterbacks. But uh, I'd say beyond that, it's definitely one of the definitely one of the best drafts. Uh, really good wide receiver talent, really good edge rushing talent, uh, and I'm sure you guys are going to see a lot of that in our top 15 uh, that we list out for this year. Yeah, there were some really standout O linemen in this draft too, like uh, Zach Martin, Taylor Luan, uh, Trey uh, Turner, Joel Batonio. I mean, there there's just some really talented guys in this. Probably, I would say. I would say four or five future Hall of Famers as of right now. I don't know if you'd agree with that, Nate. But there, there's, I mean, there, there, like, there's three guys I already see like on my list that I would consider future Hall of Famers. Yeah, I think there are at least four. To be honest, in my, I, I'd, I'd put it around four Hall of Famers. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. definitely. So it's, I'm going to just hop right into it with uh, the first pick, which was the Houston Texans. And uh, Nate, I'm going to have to say, if you don't have uh, if you don't have this guy going number one, I don't know uh, what you're doing. I got Aaron Donald going to Houston at number one. I mean, this is just a no-brainer. He's the uh, he's in my opinion the best player in the entire league right now. He is a for for sure Hall of Famer. There's just there's just no if and or buts there. Yeah, uh, early on, even well, not early on, midway through uh, Aaron Donald's career right now. He is on track to be not only one of the best players, not only the best player in the NFL right now, but honestly one of the best players in NFL history. I mean, the way that he is dominating offensive linemen, he's getting double, triple teamed almost every play, and he still has had the best pass rush win rate, win rate in the entire NFL multiple times. Uh, he gets huge sack numbers from that uh, DT position, and uh, he's just been he's been an absolute monster. It would be ridiculous for the Texans to take anyone else but Aaron Donald. So I do have him going first overall first. Just uh, yeah, he's uh, the best player in the draft. Yeah, I mean, there's no no doubts about it right there. He's and he's just the most talented player in the league. I mean, for sure, Hall of Famer. If he doesn't go number one in anyone's 2014 uh, redraft, I just don't know. Uh, What's your thinking, honestly? Because, you know, Houston, they took Clowney, and obviously uh, Aaron Donald has been an extremely better player than Clowney. You know, they're they're two different uh, types of players, but I'd much rather have Aaron Donald on my team than uh, Jadavion Clowney, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think that there are a lot of guys here that are ahead of Clowney. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, move, moving on to, to pick number two with the Rams. Uh, I know Rams fans, uh, I'm sorry, you guys took uh, Greg Robinson at the second overall pick. And when, when I was looking at the top, uh, top, I was looking at first round, like top 15, like there was really, I would say in, ta- in terms of talent, there were like two, I would say two picks that just really like stood out to me as like bad picks. And this was, this was one of them, like Greg Robinson, like where, where even is he now? Do you, do you even know? Uh, Greg Robinson right now? I think he's playing guard. Let's see where he is. Uh, I think he, he might actually be starting, to be honest. Really? He, he, was bad, he was bad to start off with. Oh, he's a free agent now. Oh, uh, oh he's a free agent because remember he got arrested with like a bajillion pounds. Oh, yeah. Hour. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, oh, my gosh. But like, you know, like there's really like I'm looking at this top 15 right now. And in terms of like notable, if we're if we're talking like notable guys, like and like guys that were they were at least like serviceable players. Like there's really only three like, well, I would say even two bad four. picks. Four? You say four. Four, four? I wouldn't say. I would say. I would say it would be. I would say it would be uh, Greg Robinson. I would say it would be Eric Ebron. I would say it'd be Justin Gilbert and Blake Bortles. I was gonna say Greg Robinson, uh, Justin Gilbert, and hmm, who else? And I would say, like, in my opinion, it's this is kind of controversial, but that those were only two guys I would bring up because if you. I'm talking like guys like we we really know like yes like Blake Bortles at three that's terrible but he did lead them to the uh, AFC Championship game I know a lot of that was the defense but like at least he at least he did something for them unlike Greg Robinson and Justin Gilbert you know yeah that's right if you're talking about guys who just aren't serviceable at all I don't even know if you could really include Greg Robinson on that like he's not been good and he'd had some terrible seasons but he's he was serviceable for a little bit at guard he's had a lot of penalties. Uh, like recently in his career. And uh, the only guy that I would really put in like not even serviceable would be Justin Gilbert. Justin yeah, Gilbert I don't even know what happened to him. Yeah. He, he was absolute trash. 
Uh, he played terribly for the Browns. There were a lot of guys that they could have taken, but instead they took Justin Gilbert, and later in the draft, well, later in the first round, they took Johnny Manziel. Honestly, one of the worst drafts of all time by any team because not only did they have a really bad pick with their first pick, but they had two chances to get a guy who could change the who could change that franchise uh, in the first round, and they absolutely messed up on both, even though they had a ton of opportunities. Yeah, exactly. 100% agree with that. But uh, moving on with the uh, Rams uh, pick, at number two, I have them taking Khalil Mack at this spot. You know, at the time they did uh, they did really need O line help, but if we're if we're doing this redraft based on the current players like talent and stats that they have, it's Khalil Mack right here, just a no brainer. He's a he's a generational, uh, or I wouldn't say gener maybe not generational, but he's uh for in my opinion as well for sure Hall of Famer. And you know if there's a play if. If you're for sure like Hall of Famer, in my opinion, you you go you go in the top three, no doubt about it. I mean, here's the thing, right? If you're the Rams general manager at this moment, then you're looking at your team. You see, you have zero off, like no good offensive tackles. Uh, that's why they really reached for Greg Robinson because they really needed an offensive tackle. Uh, and they look through their roster and they see Robert Quinn at edge rusher after having a 19 and a half sack season. That's not even remotely a need for them. I mean, that is their best position already. And it's a position where they had arguably the best player in the whole league at that position that year, Robert Quinn, with those 19 and a half sacks. So I think that they go with offensive tackle here. They still get a great player, maybe not as good overall as Khalil Mack, but they get Jake Matthews, who's still a fantastic player. Uh, so yeah, I've got Jake Matthews going number two. I know that's controversial because he's not really the best player on the board, but uh, I think Khalil Mack might have been a bit slower of a developer because he would have to work his way up behind Robert Quinn on the Rams. I don't think they were even looking at him because they didn't have a need there. And uh, yeah, Jake Matthews. You got so let, let me let me get this straight. You got Jake Matthews going over Zach Martin in this draft. Yeah, I do. I mean, they play different positions, don't they? I mean, yeah, but like, it's just, I feel like, it's just like, that's like O-line, like, if they need O-line, it's just like O-line in general. No, that, that is false. That is not who do, true. Who do, they have, who do they have at guard that year? I could pull up the Rams roster right now. Let's see. Rams 2013 roster. Let's see. They, oh, maybe they did need guard too, but like, tackle is objectively a more important position. Especially well, yeah. when you're getting a left tackle, and Jake Long had just got had just left the team this year. I mean, Jake Long was a great tackle for them, and then he had just left, so they had a whole attack. I mean, that's fair, yeah, but like for money. for me, like for this redraft, I'm going off of like the players' like current status. Like if this, okay, but like, that's not realistic at all because if you're going off current status, then like let's say a guy like Devonte Adams, right? If you're drafting Devonte Adams in 2014 obviously you're like you're approaching it with the knowledge that he's going to be good but that doesn't mean that he's good all of a sudden in his rookie year like he doesn't just teleport into his prime in his first year if they need an instant impact or they need a certain position that's not changing you know like if they need an instant impact i would draft someone like odell beckham over someone like Devonte adams because Devonte adams wasn't that good in his rookie year actually he was really bad in his rookie year so like if they need someone instantly even though with the foresight, they know, hey, Devontae Adams is going to be better in like five years. Like that's the place that we're operating from. They still need someone who's going to be good that year. So I think they would still take Odell Beckham if, if that's that's kind of like an example that I'm using. So I mean, I think yeah, here, I, I take Odell over Devontae Adams still. 
Well, not well, well, I mean, in this draft. Is one thing. Hmm? Yeah, in this draft. Yeah. But, like, I do think that they had a much stronger need for off- offensive tackle. I think that offensive tackle helps their team more than an offensive guard, even though it is a generational talent at offensive guard. I mean, that's fair. But, like, I mean, it, I just it, feel it, like, it, I just it, feel it, like if. Like if like Zach Martin, like they they could have shifted him around, but I mean your your reasoning is fair. I can't argue with that. Yeah, it's it kind of reminds me of like if you're uh, if you're in like one of the more recent drafts where Saquon Barkley gets taken at number two, right? If you're redrafting that, you might take someone who's slightly worse or a lot worse than Saquon Barkley at number two because you don't think that running back is going to help that Giants team as much as another position might. And yeah. I think that's perfectly fair. Yeah, that's definitely a fair point right there. But uh, I'm gonna move on to the uh, the three spot with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, and you know, at the time, their their O line, I feel like the past uh, decade has not been great or or good at all. So at the three spot, I got them taking uh, Zach Martin. Uh, you know, he's in my opinion gonna be a Hall of Famer. I think he is a he is a top three, if not one of the best offensive linemen in the league. And he's just an absolute monster for the Cowboys. And I think the Jaguars, you know, their O-line has just been bad year in, year out. So I think Zach Martin would be the good pick for them here. They wait another year on a quarterback and then take one in the next draft. Yeah, here on my board, I've got the Jaguars going best player available. So I've got them going Khalil Mack. Uh, They had needs all across the board. I totally agree with you that they did need offensive line for sure. But they also needed edge rushers. They also needed a quarterback. They also needed a running back because Maurice Jones-Drew was aging. Uh, they needed linebackers. They needed cornerbacks. This was a terrible team. I mean, they still are terrible, but they were really terrible back then too. And uh, I had them going best player on the board for me, which was Khalil Mack. Yeah, I mean, it feels like they're the trend with the Jaguars, you know, that they, they every year they need every position. If, I don't know if I'm the only one who's they noticed had, that. They had, one, they had one year where they didn't need defense. Uh, yeah, like, that's true. They had one year where they had, like, Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Boye, uh, Telvin Smith. They had – Boye uh, Campbell, uh, Campbell. Yannick Ngakwe. I mean, they had a really solid team. They had a uh, – what's his name? Uh, Malik Jackson. Oh, yeah, yeah, they had, yeah. They had a really solid team for one year, and then everyone left. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, like, you know, Jaguars just, like, they got to figure their stuff out, man. They they really, they really need yeah. to figure it out. Yeah. They – it's just it, that's just like would, would you rate the Jaguars of the bottom three franchise like in the league? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I I don't think there's a question about that. Uh, if you're a Jaguars fan and you're listening to this, I'm sorry. Like, I can't even imagine. Like, I know the Giants are bad, but like, at least we've like been at least we've like been to the playoffs consistently. I guess is what I'm like. At least we're a good franchise, you know. Yeah, bottom three franchises for me would be the Jaguars, the Bengals, and the Browns in yeah. particular. I don't know about the Bengals. Maybe, maybe like, maybe like the Texans. No, their, their, ownership, their ownership is so bad, though. No. Oh, all right. Well, moving on to the uh, the fourth pick with the Bills. Uh, Nate, I'll let you start this one off. All right. Yeah. So the fourth pick, we've got the Bills here. Uh, I believe they took uh, Sammy Watkins. Yeah, they took Sammy Watkins with this pick originally. Um, and man, they did have. <laughs> They did have a really big need at wide receiver. I mean, they had Steve. Their top two receivers were Steve Johnson, uh, or Stevie Johnson, and pre-breakout Robert Woods, who was really not good. Uh, so I mean, I don't fault them at all for taking Sammy Watkins, but obviously, in retrospect, there are better wide receivers available. 
Uh, Devontae Adams could be an option here, but like I said earlier, he took a long time to develop, and they really needed instant impact because they wanted to see what EJ Manuel could do. EJ Manuel was still coming off of his like first or second season, uh, so they really wanted to test out his abilities, see if he'd be good with better weapons. So for that reason, I think they take Odell Beckham Jr. here. Uh, he really he brings another dimension to that offense, even though they'll ultimately find out that EJ Manuel sucks. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. gives them the chance to try out EJ Manuel and gives them a weapon for afterwards too. Man, we are we adding EJ Manuel to the list of guests we'll never have on the show? I mean, no, EJ Manuel. I, I mean, you you like, just you just flat out said the man sucks. Yeah, I mean he's a serviceable backup though. Like he sucked as a starter. <laughs> All right, that's that's fair. If he ever listens to this, though, I don't think he'll be uh he'll be very fond of what you just said. I mean, that's fair, but like we do also have to be like objective. We can't just be like true. sucking up to every NFL player because we want to have guests. True, true, can't deny that. But uh, for the for the Bills, uh, I need I completely agree with you. You know, their their wide receiver core was bad. And, you know, can't can't really blame him for Sammy Watkins because at the time he was the best wide receiver coming out of this uh coming into this draft and uh but for the uh for the fourth spot, I've been taking Odell Beckham as well. You know, Nate said it said it all pretty much uh sums up my point, you know, best wide receiver, uh ta- talent wise at least, I believe, out of this draft. So, you know, Odell just absolute beast. He would be he would have been a great addition on the Bills, and uh that's who I have the Bills taken, pretty much. Yeah, definitely. Totally agree with you there, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, do you want to move on to the five spot? Yeah, I'll let you start this one off since it's uh, your beloved Raiders. Of course, of course. So uh, number five, the Raiders, they kind of get a little bit screwed over at this pick because uh, they would have take, taken Mac, which was a really great pick, even though he ended up leaving. Uh, but he's already gone because for me, the Jaguars took him and for you, the Rams took him. So uh, they're gonna—I mean—they're gonna settle, but also get a really solid player in Demarcus Lawrence. They really needed edge rush in this draft. Uh, they were still trying to test out if that offense would work. Uh, ultimately, it didn't. But I think they were definitely focused, like kind of locked in on defense and quarterback here. Uh, and there were no quarterbacks really worth the like a number five spot. So uh, Demarcus Lawrence, an edge rusher, really solid for the Cowboys. He's been putting up huge numbers. Uh, making his presence known on the field lately uh, for the last few years. So uh, even though they can't get Mac, they still get a pretty good edge rusher. Yeah, definitely fair. I mean, for me, uh, I have the Raiders taking uh, Jadeveon Clowney. I just think because, you know, yes, like, he's not the best of uh, path rushers now, but also, like, at the time, he was, like, considered, like, an absolute, like, monster of a path rusher. And I know, like, Demarcus Lawrence is, like, an absolute beast, but, you know, he, he really, in my opinion, at least, he's really only had, like, one great year and I know you could sort of say the same for uh Clowney he's only had like one or two great years but personally I, w- I would take Clowney over Lawrence just because I feel like Clowney has been a bit more consistent I know he do- hasn't had like eye-popping numbers but I just think he's the more well-rounded player per se and that's why I would have the Raiders taking him over uh Demarcus Lawrence I mean yeah I think they're both pretty good options here I don't fault you for going Clowney but uh I will just remind you that when we're when we're doing this, the whole point is that we're looking through the current lens. So I think that we shouldn't really be factoring in too much on, uh, oh, like this was the best person going in, you know? And like, I, I agree like from this perspective that it's kind of a toss up between Demarcus Lawrence and between uh, Jadevian Clowney. But at the time, you're right. Jadevian Clowney was regarded as a much better player. But uh, looking at it from now, I think they're about even. 
Yeah, definitely fair. Definitely, uh, definitely fair right there. I'm going to move on to uh, the sixth pick with the uh, Atlanta Falcons. And uh, not not going to lie, Nate, I was kind of surprised you had uh, Matthews at the two spot over uh, Taylor Luan, honestly, because Luan, if if you're if we're going off of like what you said with like the uh, current talent and all of that, you know, Luan is clearly a, in my opinion, at least a top ten offensive tackle in the league. And I don't even know where Jake Matthews is now. Jake so, Matthews is better than Taylor Luan. What? That's like, like really? At, don't, don't at me, but like Jake Matthews has better PFF grades lately. He's been bet, even though the Falcons' O line overall hasn't been great, he's been absolutely carrying that unit unit to whatever success they're having. He has been. I mean, they're they're both great. You can't really go wrong with either. But like, there's not a massive gap between the two. And personally, I think that Jake Matthews is better. Hey, I mean that's fair. I won't. Uh, you you got you got the stuff to back it up, so I can't argue with that. But at the sixth spot, you know the Falcons they needed O line at the time, and they took Jake Matthews at the spot. But with Jake Matthews gone, you know, or not gone off my board, but gone off your board. Uh, also, I, I don't know if you have the same for the Falcons, but I've been taking uh, Taylor Luan because they really needed a offensive line, specifically an offensive tackle, and you know. Their O line a couple of years ago when they uh when they made the Super Bowl was really good. So I think you know Taylor Luan maybe would have even made it better, but you know I could be wrong. And uh, Nate, I know you might disagree with that, but Taylor Luan at the sixth spot just makes the most logical sense for me. Yeah, I really don't disagree with you. Actually, I have Taylor Luan going here too. They had a really well-rounded offense the year before. Uh, they had plenty of wide receiver talent. Uh, Tony Gonzalez still at tight end. Uh, Matt Ryan slinging the ball, you know. They needed offensive tackle, though, and they needed a running back. They got their running back later in this draft with Devontae Freeman. Uh, so really the only need left at, in these like top 15 positions for them would be an offensive tackle. And obviously Jake Matthews is off the board here, so they can't take him. So I do have them taking Taylor Lewan. Not a huge skill gap here uh, between Lewan and Matthews, like I said before. But like this is a clear pick because it's a position of need, and he's really there's kind of a little bit of a drop off at O tackle behind those two guys, Jake Matthews and Taylor Lewan. Yeah, one hundred percent, definitely agree. Uh, I don't know who else, you know, maybe the Falcons at this spot could have taken like like Kyle Fuller, Anthony Barr, one of those uh, defensive guys. But I just think you know O line was just a more pressing issue at the time for the Falcons. And Nate, I, I realize you agree, so that's good to hear, man. Yeah, definitely. I that's I think that's kind of a no-brainer pick there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so you wanna you wanna start off the uh, seventh pick for uh, Tampa Bay? Yeah. So at number seven, I've got Zach Martin going. Obviously, you had him going earlier, uh, but he couldn't really drop too far for me. Uh, he's clearly the best player available overall at this position. And the Bucks took Mike Evans, but they already had Vincent Jackson at wide receiver, so they didn't have like a huge need, like a pressing need at wide receiver. Uh, so they're going to focus instead on protecting their second-year QB at the time, Mike Glennon. Uh, you know, they he actually was coming off of a really solid season, or at least a season of progress for him. So they really wanted to see if he had if he had what it takes to be a successful starting quarterback. They needed protection for him, and I think Zach Martin uh, clearly could do that and also could open up holes for Doug Martin, who had a down year in 2013. What do you call a successful season for Mike Glennon? Like, what what were the stats no, that he, he had? had? He had like nineteen touchdowns, nine picks. Oh. I mean, I think he had like like maybe like I think high two thousands or low three thousands in yards. It wasn't bad. Oh, what a what a great season! Oh, that's a, that's a absolutely yeah, like that's, that's reasonably successful for a losing team. You know, here I'll look up his exact stats right now. That's fair. Um, 
Yeah, so in that season, which was his rookie year, actually, he had 2,608 yards, 19 touchdowns, and 9 picks. For a rookie year, that's not bad. I mean, yeah, that's true. I can't argue with that. But um, for for me, for the um, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I know you said they had Vincent Jackson, but he was also getting up there in age uh, at the time, and eventually he uh, ended up retiring. I don't know. I forget what year he retired in, but it wasn't it wasn't too far after uh, 2014. So I still got the Buccaneers taking Mike Evans at this spot. He's proven to be a I, – I believe, at least in my opinion, that for where they took him, he proved his worth. You know, he's had over a 1,000 yards every year. He's been a great – or not a great red zone threat, but a good red zone threat. And he's been – if he's not a, a wide receiver one for them, he's definitely a wide receiver two. And he's just – I feel like he's helped really boost their offense. And, you know, now it's 2020, and their offense just looks – Super dangerous, including Mike Evans in it. I just, I just think Tampa Bay still goes with Mike Evans here, in my opinion. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I just, I had to get Zach Martin off the board at some point. I thought this was use him. Uh, Vincent Jackson, you're right; he was aging. He did take like three more, two more years after this draft to actually retire, but his play did fall off a little bit. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think it's totally reasonable to go with Mike Evans here. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really the only reason why I don't know who, you know, I just feel like Mike Evans can't really drop uh past this spot on my board. So I just think it, I just think it makes the most sense, at least in my opinion. Yeah. Totally fair. Yeah, so then uh moving on to the ace pick for Cleveland, who uh in my opinion, and I'm sure Nate agrees, probably I would say this is it's not behind Greg Robinson, then uh this this pick of when they took Justin Gilbert was the worst pick in the first round. Yeah, this was definitely – I don't even think he's close. I think this was the worst pick of the first round. All right, well, I'm glad to hear we agree. But uh, for Cleveland, I have them taking uh, Kyle Fuller, the cornerback. Uh, I think, you know, with uh, if they didn't take Justin Gilbert or if we're – since this is the redraft, you know, they, they had a very pressing need at cornerback. And uh, Fuller is definitely the best cornerback out of this draft from a draft that, you know, with the cornerbacks in this draft were kind of – they they were like average or they were either good or average. I feel like Kyle Kyle Fuller is really one of the only, if not one of the few elite cornerbacks out of this draft. I know uh Jason Verrett was in this draft, but he's just been really injury prone. So I I wouldn't really put him in the elite category out of this draft. I put him in like the good category. I don't know if uh you'd agree, Nate, but I think Cleveland taking Kyle Fuller at this spot makes uh the most sense. Yeah, I'm gonna have to actually strongly disagree with you here, you know. I think the Justin Gilbert pick was not only bad because he was bad. I think it was also bad because they really didn't have a pressing needed corner. Uh, I have them taking CJ Mosley here because that curious pick of Justin Gilbert, they already had Buster Screen, who was reasonably successful as a number two corner, and a star at corner, Joe Hayden. So, like, I don't know why they took Justin Gilbert, why they thought that was a good idea, but I think that Mosley would serve them much better. Uh, and they add him to replace the aging Dequell Jackson at linebacker, who was really good in his own time. But uh, at this point, he was 30 years old, and he was on the decline. So I think C.J. Mosley would do a really good job of anchoring that defense for years to come. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, the only re- the reasoning I could think behind them taking uh, Kyle Ford this spot is that, like, oh, you know, Buster Screen, they just didn't view him as, like, a – as a great cornerback, even though he probably was, it's just Brown's gonna Brown. And then with Joe Hayden, I know he he was a, he was really good back then, but you know, obviously they they moved on from him eventually. They, he was get, I don't know if he was getting up in age at the time, but you know he is up in age now. So maybe they just wanted a young piece on uh, defense, and you know Kyle Fuller, 
you know, great, great cornerback. So that, that's why I have him going at eight. I just couldn't have him really falling extremely far behind my board or down my board. But, you know, all these players at, uh, from the eight spot and lower, they, they could be like, it could be like really moved around, honestly. It's just like really opinion based. Yeah, I'm still going to have to kind of push against that a little bit on Joe Hayden. Uh, he didn't actually leave the Browns until 2017. And in 2014, the year of this draft, I believe he was 26 years old in his prime, one of the best corners in the entire league. I still just think that taking a corner here doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, you know, that's definitely a fair point right there. I can't I can't, uh, can't disagree with that. I just got Kyle Fuller at the eighth spot, but I'm going to move on to the, uh, the ninth spot. For the Vikings, uh, I got the Vikings sticking with who they uh, who they picked in the uh, draft. I've been taking Anthony Barr. You know they they uh, they needed uh, some some linebackers, and Anthony Barr is a great, ex- extremely. I think he's one of the elite coverage linebackers in the league. So de- definitely top five. So I think you know Anthony Barr this ninth budge. It just makes sense for the Vikings still. So that's who that's who I got there. Yeah, I still think I don't think that Barr is really quite elite to me I think he's good but I don't think he's quite in that elite tier of linebackers coverage or pass rushing he's pretty well-rounded I mean he could do both pretty well but I don't think he's really elite at either thing and uh, I think they could have really used some weapons on offense at this point so uh, personally I have them taking Mike Evans who's already off of your board but uh, he finally comes off of my board here they need weapons they already had some defense to a degree and they don't have the option to uh, upgrade that bar pick to CA Mosley because he's also off the board already so I uh, I do think they just go Mike Evans here. You bro, that if they took Mike Evans here, that would have such a such a like crazy ripple effect on like on like the future. I mean, I think all these picks would. I mean, imagine Aaron Donald, imagine Aaron Donald on the Texans. Like I'm saying, like if they took Mike Evans, like they would never pick Stephon Diggs. They probably would not. Adam, I don't think I don't know if Adam Thielen would have like broke out like he did. And it's just it's just crazy to think about, but you know it's definitely a fair point right there. You know they needed wide receivers. I already had Mike Evans off my board. I could have I could have had another wide receiver that uh, I have coming up soon at this spot. But you know I just think you know Anthony Barr. I don't I don't think he's he's not an elite all around outside linebacker, but he's an elite uh, pass coverage linebacker is what I'm trying to say. I, I I still think he's like he's above average in both pass coverage and in pass rushing, but I don't think that he's elite. Hey, agree to disagree, man. All right. All right. Fair, fair enough. Uh, so you want to start off the next pick? Yeah, sure. So with the Lions, I've got a guy uh, who you already took. Uh, they get to make up for their mistake of taking Eric Ebron, which was absolutely a mistake. That was a terrible pick. Uh, but yeah, here at number 10, I've got them taking Kyle Fuller. Uh, they needed a cornerback to replace the aging Rasheen Mathis. Uh, and Kyle Fuller was easily the best cornerback available, like you referred to earlier. Uh, and he's one of the best players available overall, too. So I think that this is kind of a no-brainer for them. They get to make up for their disaster of a pick in Eric Ebron that got a lot of backlash, and I think fans would have liked this Kyle Fuller pick quite a bit more. Yeah, I mean, Eric Ebron, I'm sorry, man. It's really, it's really like, not Ebron's fault that he got picked so early. Uh, and he just gets, he gets hate on, like, he gets hate on so much because of like where the Lions took him and who they could have picked. Like, like I'm sorry, Lions fans. You could have had Odell. You could have had Aaron Donald. Like, it's just like, it's like, what if? And I just feel so bad for them. But uh, for me, for the uh, 10th spot, I have the Lions taking Devontae Adams at this spot. You know, at the time, I, they didn't have they didn't have Marvin Jones yet. 
they had Cal. I don't think Calvin Johnson still, but you know he was or he wasn't getting up there in age. But if we were able to tell the future, like we we all would know he was going to retire soon. Obviously, that's not really the case right there. But you know, Devonte Adams is a beast now, and I think he the Lions. If we're going off of their talent right now, they would have picked him. But uh, yeah, that's who I have the Lions picking at the tenth spot. Uh, Nay, I don't know if you agree with any of that or not. Yeah, I think that's actually a really good landing spot for him, you know, because uh, in real life, like in on the Packers, he got to develop behind Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb, who are two established veterans at wide receiver. So uh, I really do, uh, I really do think that, I really do think that that would be a good landing spot for him. You know, he would get to develop behind Calvin Johnson, and he would just get a chance to actually break out like he normally did. Because who knows if he was drafted to a team that didn't have a wide receiver, maybe he wouldn't develop the same way. But uh, I, I like that pick to the Lions. I think that that would give them more weapons and it would allow uh, Devontae Adams some time to develop. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, you spoke about how he got to develop on uh, Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb, and he got to play with uh, Aaron Rodgers. I feel like, you know, Devontae Adams, he's like, he's like the, uh, I feel like he's like a deep threat guy. So if he was on that team with the, I just felt like that, that'd be like a perfect like spot for him with uh, the quarterback uh, in Matthew Stafford and being able to uh, get the uh, veteran, uh, what's the word, mentorship, I guess, from uh, from Calvin Johnson. So, yeah, that's pretty much my reasoning for that. So uh, let's move on to the 11th pick for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Nate, I'll let you uh, start this one out again. Yeah, so I've got the Titans going to Devin Clowney here. Uh, they've got uh, the two best tackles are already off the board, unfortunately, for them uh, with Luan and Matthews. And there's no ability to... Uh, yeah, there's no ability to take either of those guys. So they're going to add to their front seven in a big way, taking uh, taking Jadevian Clowney. And that'll certainly aid in the development of Zach Brown for them, and it'll free up more blockers for Darrell Casey. Uh, I think that's a really – this is a good spot for him, I think. I think that he was really a little bit overhyped at those early positions, but he's still a great player. He's still well-deserving of a top 15 pick, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, I got Jadevian Clowney at 11 to the Titans. Yeah, definitely fair. I feel like uh, for the Titans here, just got to go uh, best player available. So I went C.J. Mosley here. Uh, he can't really fall much farther down my board. He probably he's one of, he's probably the most talented player left on on my board in my opinion. So you know, uh, Titans C.J. Mosley. I feel like it's that just be a great landing spot for him, and he would be a franchise uh, linebacker from for years to come. Yeah, that's definitely fair. Definitely fair. Yeah, so the twelfth pick now. I'm just gonna move on because uh, not not much analysis from uh, the Titans pick, but for this pick, my good old uh, New York Giants, y'all y'all ignored the the issue of offensive line for so long. So here I got the Giants just taking taking uh Joel Joel Betonio because no. man, huh? No, I just I think it's Joel. I'm not sure. I, I don't know, but it, regardless. They they needed O line. I don't care who's on the board right now. I don't care that Demarcus Lawrence is still there. Allen Robinson is still there. Who else? Ryan Shazier is still on the board. Brandon Cooks. You know, there's a bunch of names I could list, but man, they need they needed O line. They they take Betonio here. I don't even care. That's just how I feel. Yeah, I think that that's a little bit of an emotional reaction. I don't think that'd be a bad pick at all. But I know you've suffered through the not having the O line for a long time on the Giants. Um, and I think that they still, at that moment, really just needed weapons. I, I think that O-line was probably more of a target for them or should have been more of a target that, for them in uh, in later drafts, like in 2015, 16, 17, 18, stuff like that. But in this 2014 draft, there were so many wide receivers for them to choose from. I think that it's a no-brainer for them to still go wide receiver. 
so for me, I've got them going with Devontae Adams. Uh, absolutely dominant wide receiver now. He's a little bit of a late bloomer, but they did at the time have big throwback. They had Victor Cruz and Hakeem Nix. So, uh, you know, Devontae Adams could have developed behind those guys for me. And, um, yeah, I think that'll give their offense a pretty nice boost, and they definitely would still have to address O-line in future drafts, though. Yeah, you know, both those guys, uh, like you mentioned, Hakeem Nix and you mentioned Victor Cruz, they, they were out of their prime by then, in my opinion, at least. But, you know, we could you could say the same thing, like you said, with uh, O-line help. We could have got him in the uh, later rounds. Say the same thing about the wide receivers. I know uh, there were a lot of elite guys, but we could have taken one in the second, third round, and we could have built up the O-line because, in my opinion, you know, teams with – I feel like teams with success have really great O-lines, and I feel like it's just a really important uh, piece to, to build to, – or it's really important just to build up your O-line is what I'm trying to say, and that's why I really think uh, they would have went offensive line here. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely fair. Uh, I think that in terms of talent, I would put Devontae Adams ahead of Joel Batonio. But I mean, if you're you're the Giants fan, if you think that they have a need greater or that they had a need at greater at uh, O-line, then that totally makes sense to me, you know? Yeah, I mean, fair enough. Fair fair enough right there. So I'm going to move on to the uh, the Rams again at this pick. They, uh, I, I know we talked about this earlier. They really needed offensive line. So here I have the Rams taking a Trey Turner, I think, or Trey Turner, something right. like that. Trey? Yeah. Okay. So Trey Turner, you know, they needed offensive line and he's the best available, uh, at least in my opinion, off the board right now. So I think Rams and uh, Turner would just be a perfect match here at uh, pick 13. Yeah, definitely. I've got the Rams going Allen Robinson here. Uh, I mean, they definitely, they lose big time on this pick because they did take Aaron Donald and uh, obviously they can't take Aaron Donald in this pick. But I mean, I had them going O-line with that first pick with Jake Matthews. So uh, down here, I've got them going with a weapon. Uh, their wide receiver core was really bad at the time. Not saying that the players individually are bad, but like having Chris Givens and Lance Kendricks as your number one and number two receivers, uh, not a great scenario. So uh, they definitely needed kind of a star, a big guy who uh, who they could get whoever was behind center. I think it was Sam Bradford at the time to throw to. So uh, I think Allen Robinson definitely fits that billing. Someone who's underrated, forgotten, I think, among this class, but uh, still a great wide receiver from 2014. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they they did need wide receivers at the time. I don't I don't even who else did they have? I mean, they had Chris Gibbons and Lance Kendricks. Ooh, that is bad. That though, I, I could definitely see, you know, that definitely is some great reasoning right there. I wouldn't want those two guys as my uh two starting wide receivers. So definitely I could see Allen Robinson here, which kind of brings me to my next pick with the uh Bears. I have the Bears taking Allen Robinson here. You know, I know uh I know Allen Robinson is now uh, on the Bears, and who did the did the Bears Bears had uh Brandon Marshall at uh, did they have Alshon Jeffrey yet? I think in that year, yeah, they had both. Okay, yeah, so may, maybe I would I would probably change this up a little, but uh, when I when I was doing this, I had uh, the Bears taking Allen Robinson just because of the uh the the sheer talent that he has. You know, he's he's really he's suffered from poor quarterback play. It's really unfortunate for him, yeah. but he's, he's shown, he's shown that he has the talent to be a wide receiver one, in my opinion. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, wide receiver one, he's, he's an elite wide receiver in my opinion. Yeah, I I mean, my top, it's, it sucks. Yeah. It's the quarterback yeah. play he's had sucks. Yeah, it really does. But uh, yeah, anyway, I don't disagree with that at all. I think that'd be a solid pick, uh, but obviously I already have him off my board. So uh, here at number 14, I've got the Bears taking Anthony Barr. Uh, pretty solid player. Uh, you mentioned him already. You had him a lot earlier. 
but I think that he's going to fall to the Bears at number 14 in this uh, redraft. And with an aging front seven that they had, including Lance Briggs at 33 and Julius Peppers at 33 years old, I think they were both 33, uh, the Bears replenish their pass rush, and uh, they add to their coverage too, like you said, with the uh, Anthony Barbet. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, at this point, like like I mentioned this earlier, you know, with the with the bottom half of this list that we're doing, it's really like all opinion based at this point. And obviously it's pretty obvious. We have, we generally have the same guys, but like, it's just all over the place. Yeah. That's just how, that's always how these lists, uh, these lists come out though. But uh, for pick 15 with the uh, final pick of our uh, redraft for the top 15, I have the Steelers taking DeMarcus Lawrence here. Uh, They, they really needed defense at the time. And I know they picked Ryan Shazier, but if we're going off of right now, obviously, like, I wouldn't have Ryan Shazier even in the first round just because of the gruesome injury he suffered, which really stinks. Uh, you know, hope, hopefully we see him back on the field one day. But here, I have the Steelers taking DeMarcus Lawrence. They they needed uh, – they just needed some more – just just a better defense overall. I, I don't even know how to, how to really put it into words. They just needed defense. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh... – I think it's definitely true that they did need defense for sure. And Demarcus Lawrence went off my board, if you'll remember, really early at number five to the Raiders. Uh, but here I have him going defense too in a slightly different way. Uh, they definitely needed corners at the time. Uh, I think they had like William Gay and uh, I forget who their other corner was, but they did not have great corners. Uh, oh yeah, it was also an aging Mike, uh, not Mike, Ike Taylor was uh, their other corner. So I think that they take Jason Verrett, obviously injury-prone guy, but when he's healthy, he's one of the best cornerbacks in the league, honestly. And uh, Shazier was great, but not by his fault at all. His career ended, uh, well, at least his career to this point ended due to that brutal injury that you already referenced. So uh, they're not going to go Shazier Shazier here. Uh, Instead, they're going to go Jason Verrett for me. Yeah, I mean, it really stinks. You know, if if uh if Shazier was still playing, I'd probably have him at uh, this spot, honestly. I think he'd be for me, he'd probably be top ten on my yeah. because I I think he was better than TJ Mosley when he was playing. Yeah, I mean, definitely a definitely a fair point there. But uh, that wraps up our uh, our redraft for uh, today. Uh, Nate, you got anything else you want to say before we sign off? Yeah, not a whole lot here. Uh, just everyone remember. As uh, as summer begins to roll around, as we get warmer weather, as we get uh, some more sunny days, some longer days, uh, remember it is. It's obviously it's great to go outside, great to enjoy yourself. Uh, but please retain social distancing until we absolutely have no shadow of a doubt that we don't need to anymore. Uh, don't be just flocking in large groups to beaches. Don't go with like large groups of friends to parties and stuff. Please. Uh, just let this thing run its course so that we can get back to normal life as soon as possible, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, preach that. Uh, you know, I hope everyone is uh, staying safe, staying healthy, just uh, making the best out of this this situation currently. And uh, if you guys haven't, make sure you follow us on Instagram at QF underscore Nate and Ryan and on Twitter at QF underscore NNR. We're trying to hit uh, 3K on Instagram uh, in the next in the coming weeks. So uh, please, you know, give us a follow. Give us a uh, show some love on the post, uh, like comment, share all that stuff. And uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty much it from, uh, from me. So I hope everyone enjoyed today's episode and we'll see you guys next time. Are you an athlete who has big aspirations, but struggling to keep an intense and persistent workout routine? Well, look no further. Turfworkout.com brings the intensity that is designed for increasing footwork, 
explosivity, transitional running, strength, speed, and core all to you virtually. Designed by Dale Greenwald, CSCS strength and conditioning specialist who has trained athletes at the pro, college, and high school levels, TurfWorkout.com brings you weekly workout plans sent each week to guide athletes at all levels with each video being demonstrated by a Division One athlete. For the low price of $20, you can start your first workout with Turf and for an additional $10, receive weekly workouts designed by Coach Greenwald himself. So, if you're an athlete in need of a consistent and intense workout to improve your game during these difficult times, you must check out TurfWorkout.com.